Hey everyone, welcome to The Pump Spot. I'm Amy Van Heeren, and we are here sharing nourishing conversations about the many beautiful ways that we feed our families. And today, for this episode, we have a really lovely roundtable conversation for you. I sat down with three exceptional women who all have experience with exclusive pumping. Now, this is a form of breastfeeding and a part of the feeding journey that many mothers experience for many reasons. And it's one that comes with a lot of challenges, a lot of commitment, and a lot of time spent with your breast pump. And so we wanted to talk with these women and this lovely group about what exclusive pumping is, why parents might exclusively pump and how they really got through the journey, what it means in terms of commitment and pride, what they learned that they can share in terms of tips and tricks and hacks. And so we really just talked about how exclusive pumping is breastfeeding too. So I am so excited to introduce you to Sarah Lang. She's an IBCLC, a registered nurse and the founder of Milk Sprouts based out of Indianapolis. Jasmine Tillery, who's a New Jersey native and wife. She's a mother, she's a quality engineer in the aerospace and defense industry and also the founder of Money and Momming. And Amanda Glenn, who's a certified lactation counselor, an expert on exclusively pumping, and the author of the Exclusively Pumping Schedule Workbook, Weaning from the Pump, and the Ultimate Pumping at Work Planner. She also started the website, exclusivepumping.com. So without further ado, here's our conversations on the highs and lows, the joys, the benefits, the journey that is exclusive pumping. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And as always, we would love to continue this conversation and hear from you. What was your journey to exclusively pump like? Do you have questions? Do you have tips? Do you want to talk to us? Come on over to the Pump Spotting app at pumpspotting.com after you listen to this episode and tell us all about it. My name is Sarah Lang. I am a mama four. Um, my background is I have a my um, registered nursing license. I got a master's in interpersonal relations slash like think counseling degree, and then I got my international board certified um, lactation consulting um, certification. So I kind of um, help moms um, through my private practice, and I've worked in the hospital. I'm Amanda. Um, I have, I exclusively pumped for my first baby. His name's Henry. Um, and that was a while ago. He's nine now. Um, so it was a long time ago. And then I started, like, I kind of got obsessed with it <laughs> when I was exclusively pumping. So I made like a, the whole website, um, exclusivepumping.com about my experience and all the tips and everything like that, that I learned. Um, and then this summer I actually became a, a CLC because they were doing a remote thing. And so that was much easier for me to do. Um, so yeah, that's who I am. And then I was able to nurse my next two kids. Um, so I have three kids total. I'm Jasmine. I'm from New Jersey. Um, I am a chemist by trade, but I work in a supplier quality engineering now. Um, I have three kids. I have a nine-year-old son, and then I had twins earlier this year. And so it was a preterm labor. And so like right away, they told me like start pumping because the girls were going into the NICU. Um, and then just like sensitive material warning, um, my journey comes with infant loss. So one of my twins passed away at six weeks old, um, but I continued to pump for my other daughter up until she was six months old. So like three weeks ago. Um, and yeah, it's just been 
a lot. <laughs> um, and so I found this platform where they found me through, um, I also teach financial literacy. Um, so I'm like obsessed with budgeting and personal finance. And I started to document my family's journey via Instagram. And then while I was on maternity leave, my goal was to turn it into a blog and, you know, talk about twin life and things like that. But things took a left turn. And so I still just teach financial literacy, but trying to prepare moms for like those unexpected parts of motherhood, like IVF. And if you have to go through infant loss and a NICU journey and all those things. Wonderful. Well, I am so looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Amanda, Jasmine, Sarah. Welcome to the Pump Spot. So happy to have you here. We are in the middle of World Breastfeeding Month. And so we're for this community, our community is really made up of every type of feeding family, no matter what your journey looks like. And I think sometimes, you know, we say breastfeeding, but here at Pump Spotting, to us, that's very inclusive. That means all forms of feeding. That means, you know, you could be, you could be chest feeding, you can be breastfeeding, you can be, you know, pumping and feeding, you can be supplementing, you can be exclusively pumping. But I think in some ways that nomenclature sometimes resonates with different people in a different way. And so one of the, we're kind of taking a, a a look at the various sides of feeding on a more detailed level to talk to moms and women in this community who have been through who who experienced the journey from different lenses and in different ways because our goal is really about uniting and making us all feel as though our journeys are connected and valued and so exclusively pumping is a journey that many moms take uh, whether they plan on it or don't plan on it uh, it looks very different ways but that is is, I think a very big population and I'll, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts around the, the breastfeeding community. And so we wanted to talk about that today and that's why we have all gathered. So uh, let's, let's start off, Sarah, how about we start off with you? Can you maybe just give us all, ground our listeners in you know, what is exclusive pumping and what are some of the reasons that someone might have an exclusive pumping journey? Yeah, yeah. So exclusive pumping is when moms feed their baby breast milk by exclusively using a pump and bottle feeding their baby um, is kind of the basics of it. So they pump for every feeding and they bottle feed their baby for every feeding is um, the general term for exclusive pumping. And it could be for a variety of different reasons, anything from having babies born early and in the NICU so mom's building their supply that way, or maybe baby has trouble latching and feeding and they go to exclusive pumping. Some moms choose right away for maybe some trauma in their background that they don't want baby at the breast, but they want to provide breast milk for their baby. So maybe they decide to exclusively pump and feed their baby for that reason. Um, maybe there's some medical reasons where um, mom just chooses to pump and feed the supply that she can get. And then um, because that's just easier for her, lifestyle reasons, there's a plethora of different reasons of why either moms, their journey takes them in that direction or they choose right off the bat to or later on down the road to exclusively pump. And Amanda, tell us a bit about how your journey for exclusive pump, exclusively pumping when I know with your first child, that is the what it looked like for you in terms of feeding. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey? And then, you know, a bit about how that led you to kind of build a website and a support system around the topic and the, the needs of exclusive pumping moms? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so when my son was born, um, I, of course, wanted to breastfeed him. That was my goal. And um, in the hospital, I was just really struggling. Um, there, there had been a blizzard um, that week. And so there were the, there was no lactation consultant or anyone that could help me. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so like a nurse would come in and show me what to do. And then she'd come off shift and another one would come on and would told me a different completely different way. And I just couldn't, we couldn't get the hang of it. Um, and when I got home um, from the hospital, um, I was pumping because someone at the hospital told me to do that to get my supply up. Um, and so I, we worked on nursing and basically what we did, what was called, what's called triple feeding, um, where you nurse, pump, and then bottle feed. Um, so that was what I was doing to try and like get nursing to work while getting my supply up. And um, after a while, um, I was just really dreading the nursing sessions because um, my baby, like he wasn't really gaining all that much weight and he'd be on for about an hour and then he'd suck down a bottle super fast and then conk out and go to sleep. And so I just like kind of felt like I, I wasn't getting it and I couldn't figure it out. Like I'd seen lactation consultants and it just wasn't working for me. And so I, eventually I just dropped the nursing step and moved straight into the, the pumping and bottle feeding, which at the time saved me a ton of time. Um, later on, like, you know, when, as nursing becomes easier, like it might not have long-term, but <laughs> when my baby was a newborn, it saved me a lot of time. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. And I exclusively pumped for 14 months uh, for my son. Um, and then um, I kind of became a little bit obsessed with exclusive pumping while I was doing it. Like I was constantly like, there wasn't a lot of resources out there. So I was like looking in baby center forums for like all the tips that I could find. And so I eventually just started writing them all up on my own. And then that's how I kind of started my website. Um, and I think we'll break this down and talk more about it, but I think one of the things that inspires me most or that I think about the the amount of time spent pumping for an exclusive pumper when you say 14 months of every session at the pump. I mean, if we can just sit with that for a minute and what that means in the early days and as you go, if you, you know, they've done the studies that 1800 hours of breastfeeding in one year. Well, if you're pumping exclusively, that means pumping for 1800 hours. And so, a, I, you, you know, everyone, especially Amanda, who's been on that journey should be commended. That is just a fierce amount of dedication and commitment and just love to really, you know, want to be there and to do that that way. And I think uh, hard on so many levels. And so I know we're going to talk more about that, but I just like, I, it blows my mind as you're talking about it to think about what that means for how much time spent connected to a pump, um, which brings many emotions and such. And so uh, kudos to that. And Jasmine, before we start to kind of all collectively talk about the weight, what that means from challenges and weight, Jasmine, do you want to tell us what has your journey looked like to feed your family? Yeah. So when I had my son, I was 20 years old. Um, I tried to meet with a lactation consultant in the hospital and my experience was not ideal. It was kind of just like, here, put them to breast. And I had questions, they weren't answered. And then I was just kind of left alone. Um, and they just said, give them a bottle. They didn't really work with me. And so I didn't, I've never um, had anyone to really mentor me with that. And especially um, as an African-American woman in the black community, that's not something that we have a, a huge, you know, amount of representation. Um, and this was before like the big social media boom too. So it wasn't like I could run to Instagram like I could now and reach out to strangers for this. Um, and so being a young mom, not really having a mentor with that, I was discouraged from it. And so he was bottle fed. 
I'm fast forward to this year, I had my twins and they were 25 weekers. And so they went straight to the NICU. And of course, you know, they can't go to breast. They're on NG tubes, OG tubes, or, you know, whichever they're called. And I had to express breast milk. Um, and so they set me up with a pump bedside for them in the NICU. And I also had one here at home and I started to pump every three hours around the clock, um, except, you know, for that one overnight. And it was just, it was tough, you know, trying to make sure I'm pumping at the right times, getting to the hospital for care time for both babies to make sure um, I can hold them too, because you can only hold them at certain times based on when they're getting their care um, and let their feeds go in. And then running back home because of my son, he's in school. And this is all like right at the peak of the beginning of the pandemic before they were even out of school. Um, and so trying to manage all that at the same time um, was really difficult, but I just, you know, I tried to keep pushing. And then after my daughter Sienna passed away when she was six weeks old, I noticed a huge dip, but I still had another baby that I needed to get home safely. And so, you know, I just kept pushing and kept going and just pump, pump, pump. And then when she, when Avery came home, um, she was about 10 and a half weeks old. Um, she came home and I still pumped and we tried to breastfeed. But at that point she was just like, it comes out quicker from the bottle, mom, like leave me alone. So <laughs> I just let her do her thing, but I still pumped and I tried to put her to breast. It just didn't work. And so I just decided to just continue to exclusively pump as much as I could. Um, and I would just say like my return to work though, after my maternity leave, even though we are working from home, um, just being back on that schedule of meetings and calls and balancing homeschooling and then the baby too, um, it was just a lot. And so we kind of weaned off of it uh, once she started to eat solids. Jasmine, first of all, let me say, I'm so sorry for your loss on top of everything to just this time period and all that you were navigating and, and, you know, giving birth early and then having to go through that. I just want to say, I'm so sorry for that um, piece of it. And also I want to say, I can just feel from you this sense of, you know, that you keep going, that what does your family need and you show up for them. And if like what I'm hearing from you, what you, I could break down every essence of what you just said and how hard each layer of that is. The twins, the extra child, the loss, the exclusive pumping, the trying to pump and not getting to work. I mean, that takes so much fierce fierce love and, and commitment for you to do all of that. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm blown away by that. And how, how, I mean, emotionally, it feels as though you must have had to have gotten to a place to be able to just keep going day after day in doing each of those things and pumping. And so I'd love to hear from you and Amanda, you know, how, how emotionally has exclusively pumping impacted you or or has it not? Tell us a bit about uh, the mental piece of this journey. I'd say mentally it was draining, you know. Um, I am fortunate enough that I've been working with a therapist since we started our IVF cycle because my twins were from IVF. Um, and so I already had that support. And then my husband, he's awesome. Like whatever I need, like he picked up cooking as a hobby. Um, once quarantine started and like, he's like trying to chef it up and like trying to make me all these great meals and stuff, which is awesome. I'm gaining a ton of weight now, but you know, that was really helpful. And just having that support from him and then our therapists and our families um, has helped me, but at the end of the day, it's still so draining, especially like the impact of the loss itself. Um, and then having to return to the hospital 
and then I had to pump there. You know, that was like the last thing I wanted to do. And so I didn't really, I don't feel like I actually had the proper time to grieve in that moment because I still had to worry about getting Avery home. And then once she was home, I still didn't get that chance because then I was doing, um, you know, homeschool for my son. And so it's kind of like a process I'm working through now with my therapist five months later. Um, and then I can solely focus on now that I'm done with pumping, she's eating solids and we're fully on formula, school's out right now. And so I have some time to focus on me. Um, but during that time, you know, I just felt like it wasn't about me. I have kids, I have to make sure they're safe. We're in a pandemic, I have a newborn and it, you know, all these layers, like you were saying, and that, that, that was my focus and that was my priority. And then, you know, it speaks to the fact that we as moms, we put everyone before us, you know, and trying to take that time for self-care is so hard. But now I am prioritizing like my mental health and what I need and working through that with my therapist. So kind of what I struggled with, um, no one, nowhere near what Jasmine struggled with, but um, I had a big feeling of failure for not being able to make nursing work. Um, I would say that was maybe the biggest emotional struggle that I had with exclusive pumping because I was a new mom and the first job that I had was to feed my baby and I felt like I sucked at it and couldn't figure it out. Um, and so like I would hate it when strangers would like coo over my baby and ask if I was breastfeeding because I would feel like I'd have to go into this long explanation of what I was doing and they'd be like, okay. <laughs> um, so I struggled with like feeling not good enough, feeling like a failure, kind of grieving that it didn't work out. Um, and, and being able to meet my goal with exclusive pumping helped and then being able to nurse later children really helped after that was over. So that's kind of what I went through. And Sarah, you have spent a lot of time with mothers in the early days of breastfeeding and you know whether they're coming to it because of issues with breastfeeding or NICU or you know what have you. Do, do you find that a good percentage of, of what exclusive pumping mothers need is someone like you who comes from a place of just support and, and reassurance for where you are? Because that failure piece is so big, so much a part of it, and also just navigating. And so tell me a bit about, you know, what your experience with moms who are really trying to begin and carry on exclusive pumping has taught you about this, this way of feeding. So I actually exclusively pumped for my oldest kiddo for three months. And then I got pregnant with our second kiddo. So my milk supply dried up. Um, so I've personally been through it. And then I've helped tons of moms um, all over the world, really, with exclusive pumping, um, starting off from, you know, in the hospital or even prenatally when moms say that they want to choose to exclusively pump. So, uh, of course, bringing an IBCLC, a skilled IBCLC along board in like into your village is one great piece. But I think even bigger pieces is building your village of support people um, to help you through that journey to have you know, that person who's going to listen to you in the tough times and encourage you and just walk with you and sit with you in the hard times. And then, you know, having somebody who may help come take care of older kiddos or just people in your village, you know, and IBCLC is a big part of it, but I think your village, it, when you're a mom, breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, exclusive pumping or not exclusive pumping, I think the village is one of the biggest pieces that a lot of moms are missing. 
especially, um, you know, in this modern world, as I work with more moms, kind of that support system is one of the biggest pieces that makes breastfeeding or exclusive pumping more successful. Um, Just because there's so many revolving pieces around it that with a village, with a skilled IBCLC who can walk you through that, who can help you come up with a routine, who can give you a flange size, who can help you get a good pump or let you know what good pumps or maybe a couple of different pumps. Um, And just being with you through that whole journey as things continuously change, just like they continuously change with breastfeeding, having that knowledgeable expert that you can text or call or have a consult with um, if you need some more time with them, just so that you can continuously be on that path forward and um, asking questions and getting answers um, for in a timely manner, I think um, is really important, especially for exclusive moms when you are kind of missing that piece of baby with you while you're feeding. You're just kind of attached to a pump that having that village and that IBCLC, I think are two big pieces to help moms be successful in their exclusive pumping journey. And how did you all tell me about those moments when you're with your pump over and over again? Well, A, I wonder if you had a relationship with your pump. (laughs) Did it have a name? Did it start talking to you? I would imagine, I don't know. I just feel if I spent, and I I, uh, breastfed my children each for almost two years and I was working. So I actually spent a fair amount of time with my pump and I do think it became sort of like a friend in those lonely rooms with me. So I'm curious if you had relationships with your pump and, and you know, when it got really hard, when you felt like you couldn't do it anymore, it was just getting to the point of exhaustion. What was it that kept you all going? Well, for me, it's really, it was really easy to keep going because you, if you don't pump, you have, you're going to get a clogged duct or mastitis. So once you're in it, you kind of have to stay in it. Like, I mean, you can't just skip a session and then go from there. Right. Um, So that was like, the fear of that was, was um, really helpful for keeping me on schedule. (laughs) Um, But I, I didn't mind my pump at all. I liked it. Um, The only thing I really struggled with was pumping with pump was, um, you know, when your baby needs you, you know, you need to play with your baby or your baby's awake and won't take a nap and you need to pump like that can be challenging when they're grabbing tubing and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, when you're sick, you have the flu, but you still have to get up and pump every three hours. Like no one should have to pump when they feel like they need to throw up. That's just wrong. Um, That kind of thing I found was hard. Washing all the pump parts was hard. Um, But I didn't, I know a lot of people actually don't like the act of pumping and I didn't, that was one thing I was lucky enough not to struggle with. I'd say my struggles came from uh, just being tired, you know, and having to do that middle of the night pump and then trying to stay up late enough to pump. Also, like when I'm trying to get my three hours in between 6 a.m. and 11 p.m., staying up past nine o'clock at night was so hard for me. Um, But my relationship with my pump, I loved my pump. So I was actually discharged on the, um, from the hospital on Super Bowl Sunday. And they had already called my insurance company and they gave me a pump. I got here, tried to use it, and I hated it. It was a completely different brand from what I had in the hospital. And I don't know why I was already attached to this brand. It had only been three days. Um, and so my husband went out in the middle of the Super Bowl, missed the entire halftime show, um, and like, trying to find like this pump last minute and brought it back. And so I'm just in love with my pump and that's my friend and she's packed away right now. And then when we have more kids, I I just want to use the same one because I feel like that was just such a special thing for me. Like that was probably the best gift and one of my most cherished gifts at this point, just because of how it came into our lives. Um, 
but yeah, that struggle of just trying to stay awake because the energy, like I never knew how much energy it took to produce milk and to continue to pump um, and the hunger that you would feel. Like all this was like brand new to me. I'm just like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, and like just trying to get to know myself as a pumping mom, you know, I just, I felt completely different. Um, the act of pumping itself though, like Amanda was saying, like that didn't bother me. Um, I didn't have any issues with that. I think that's actually a really interesting perspective, getting to know yourself as a pumping mom. Cause I think we're, we all have to get to know ourselves as mothers, especially the first time around, or even with each child, it varies and it differs. It's different as you form that bond. So I'm wondering, I would love to hear more about that. Did, do you feel as though your perspective of who you were as a mother either changed because of the exclusive pumping or did it shape it? How, how did, how did that impact how you saw yourselves as mothers? I felt like it really gave me that perspective of, wow, I would really do anything for my kids. Like here I am every three hours attached to this pump and, you know, just trying to do my best to keep my supply up and, eating certain things that, you know, I want McDonald's right now and I'm trying to eat nice green foods because, you know, this is what's good for the milk supply. Um, and just like really thinking about like the lengths that we go to for our kids as moms, um, you know, it pushes the limits for, well, it did for me, it pushed the limits for me where I'm just like, wow, I never thought I'd have to do this. And I had even said, because I was having twins, like, oh, there's no way I could, you know, produce enough milk for twins. Like, I'll be a hot mess. I'm not going to do it. And then here we are, like, that day that they said they were coming. I'm like, all right, show me the pump. Bring me the lactation consultant. Let's get this going. I got to I got to do what I got to do. And Amanda, what about you? Did it, you know, did it over time, did you start to see your ability to feed as less of a failure and more as a source of strength? Absolutely. Um, I, I would say that's definitely true. And now I'm very proud of what I accomplished. Um, and one thing I will say is that um, that makes my experience a little different from Jasmine's is that um, I exclusively pumped for my first baby. And so I kind of defined a lot of what motherhood was as exclusive pumping because I was spending all of my time <laughs> pumping as a mom. And so like it was when I weaned, that was a bit of an adjustment for me to kind of get to know myself as a mom who wasn't attached to the pump every two hours. Cause that was kind of how I had been defining myself. It's like, this is, this is what I do. This is how I feed my baby. I'm going to do this all the time. And then, then I was kind of like, oh, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> so it's a little different for me in that way. Hey friends, we want to take a quick break and remind you of all the places you can connect with us and this lovely pump spotting community. If you're a nursing, pumping, or new mom, or a seasoned mom who just wants to get back, hop on our app. If you're also working or you're part of a company that wants to support breastfeeding employees, then pump spotting at work is for you. Find out more at pumpspotting.com. Sarah, maybe you can speak to how how can more mothers how do we as a, a society and a culture like how do we help more moms get connected with lactation consultants and support early on because it sounds as though a common thread often is whether you do or do not get connected to someone who can help you like that might make all the difference between your ability to breastfeed at all or you know pump versus breastfeed or just get through it i know certainly with pump spotting sort of that connection piece so women are connected to 
one another and services is vital because you need it right when you need it. So I'm curious, you know, how you feel that as a society, as a culture, as community, how can we increase the exposure of mothers to support so that they're able to get the help they need or keep going? Oh, isn't that the question of the hour? Oh, I I wish I had an answer and I don't know if I do because I think all of us IBCLCs, my peers, my friends that you know we work with, um, that we talk, it's we have that same question. Like how can we make lactation services affordable and available to moms everywhere? And I think one of the good things that has come out of COVID is I've been doing virtual consults since way before COVID even started. But I think it opened the eyes of kind of lactation in general that we can help moms in so many ways all around the world from our living room through Google Meet through all of these other HIPAA compliant services. Um, So I think that's been a positive thing is that it is a little bit more accessible now because a lot of IBCLCs are doing virtual consults with moms, which has been awesome to kind of see something, you know, that a few of us have been doing for a while kind of branch out into a lot of people are doing now. And I think the biggest thing I continue to see is that financial piece. Like how can we support IBCLCs to get the education and the expertise that they need? Because it's expensive being an IBCLC. It is very expensive. So how can we support the IBCLCs to get the education that they need? And then the flip side of that is to then help their services be affordable to families. Um, You know, there's lots of great organizations out there that are free for families to access, but sometimes they're not available in all parts, like, you know, from big city to more country places. So I think that's the piece that we're now, I see my peers and I discussing, like, how can we make this more accessible now that, you know, the virtual piece does make the consult piece more accessible, but how do we financially help families be able to get care. And I'm not sure that any of us have the answer right now for that piece, but it's definitely something that we're always looking into. How can we get a lactation consultant into every person's home or screen who has the desire to breastfeed after baby arrives? I think you very eloquently voiced kind of where we want to go. And I, I'm, I feel optimistic by the fact that I think there's more conversations than ever. There's more passion to serve mothers in this phase of life and maybe not more passion, but I think there's more talking about it. There's more connection. There's more openness. There's more things that are starting more ways to come together. I mean, certainly I never thought my background is not in lactation or health and I never thought that I would start a breastfeeding company. And so I think a lot of us are coming from a space where we all feel united in wanting to make the journey easier for those mothers who are coming after us or around us. And um, I think that that I'm optimistic about where we're going and how we can do. There's a long way to go, but I think, you know, we just need to keep having these conversations and keep rethinking and innovating and, you know, connecting. And, and I wonder, 
from all of you, you know, how, what would you say to the community about making exclusive pumpers feel welcome and part of the conversation and um, just, you, you know, you are as much a part of the feeding community, I think, certainly in our minds, but it, you know, it, how do we, how do we make your journey feel very much a part of the, the breastfeeding conversation and, and unity? Are there things that you wish others knew about exclusive, exclusive pumpers or, you know, ways that you could make it more inclusive? One thing I would say is to just, um, if, cause what I always say is that um, exclusive pumping is breastfeeding. It's just not nursing. But a lot of people use breastfeeding and nursing um, as an equivalent. Um, and so I think if, if we could be more careful around our language, um, that could help make exclusive pumping moms feel like they're, they are included. They are breastfeeding moms. Um, that's one thing. Yeah, I agree with Amanda because I didn't realize that exclusive pumping was still breastfeeding. It wasn't until I came across an Instagram post that said, exclusive pumping is still breastfeeding. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I guess so. And it's, you know, the interchangeability of the lingo and the words that are used. Um, so I guess just putting that awareness out there because something so basic as that, a lot of us don't know. Um, and it takes, you know, starting to follow certain pages and looking for support and looking for resources on your own to get that knowledge that you are actually breastfeeding your baby. I think that's such such a powerful thing and such an easy way for us to change the conversation to make it feel more accessible and, and more interesting. And while we're talking about knowledge, I mean, there is a wealth of hours spent pumping amongst all the women on this phone call. So tell us, maybe give us a few insights. Do you have some, some tips, some hacks? What did you find helped your pumping session be, sessions be most productive or what kind of insights would you give other mothers out there who are exclusively pumping? Um, so I would say um, the first thing you want to do is make sure that, um, and Sarah already alluded to this, is to make sure that you have the right size breast shields because um, that can be really painful. If you don't, it can also cause, um, you know, you, the pump not to be as effective. So I think that that's the number one thing I would make sure. I would also make sure that you have some kind of hands-free setup, um, whether that's a hands-free pumping bra or um, a hands-free pump, like the Willow or LV or something like that. Um, because just because when you're exclusively pumping, like you need to be able to do other stuff. If you're spending two hours a day tied to the pump, you need to be able to eat a sandwich or hold a baby or do something else while you do it. So those are, those are my top two tips. Um, I would say speaking from, you know, my platform that I use money and momming and financial aspect, um, pumping and breastfeeding is not all free. So think about some of those, those supplies you'll need, you know, to replace your pump parts. Um, like Amanda was saying, the hands-free bra, but also to have formula on hand, because like with my girls, I still had to buy formula to fortify their breast milk, to bring it up to a certain amount of calories. And so, here I am pumping and still paying for formula when I thought like it would just be like all breast milk. Um, buying the deep freezer to hold everything, buying the storage bags. Um, and so making sure to add those things to the budget um, and making sure that, you know, we were financially prepared for when those things popped up. You know, I was in the hospital bed like, oh, wait, they said I might need this. I might need that. And I'm adding the cart, adding to cart. And had I not um, budgeted and, you know, paid attention to our finances, we could have been in a really messed up spot with that. Um, that could have been an added layer of stress on top of everything else. Um, so thinking about those financial implications that come along with um, 
babies and being a breastfeeding mom or just any, you know, a feeding mom, you know, those other supplies that aren't so much talked about all the time. Um, that's, you know, one of the pointers that I would definitely give. I know for me, when I was exclusively pumping, gosh, eight and a half years ago, eight and a half years ago, um, was for me, I kind of needed to disconnect from my pump while I was pumping. So like watching a TV show was the best thing that I could do. So I didn't sit there and watch every single drop come out. And so that for me, kind of tuning out of pumping helped me pump better. Um, And so that's another tip that I also help moms with is like put a sock over the bottom of your bottle or put a nursing cover or a blanket or something over you while you're pumping. So you don't sit and stare at the pump every single drop and stuff that's coming out. Um, flange fit for sure. The appropriate pump pump is a really big one. I meet with a lot of exclusive pumping moms who um, are struggling because they don't have the correct pump or um, even meeting with somebody to help you get um, your 24 hour clock down. So for a lot of moms, sometimes that is pumping on a very strict schedule And for other moms that I help, pumping on a very strict schedule is not attainable. It's not sustainable for them. So we kind of go back to looking how baby is at the breast. We can mimic that with the pump. So babies aren't at the breast on a very strict clock. And so you can also do that with pumping. So I help moms come up with routines a lot. And or we look at the 24-hour clock. We look at their magic number. We kind of do all of these different Um, things and talk and educate so that they can feel a lot better if four o'clock comes around, baby's screaming and needs care. They don't feel so stressed that, well, if I don't pump right at four o'clock, then that screws up my entire day. So just kind of going through what pumping can actually look like for you for a lot of moms makes them feel a lot less stressed when they um, think that they have to pump on the exact minute every single time every single day. So I would say those are big pieces for moms that I work with when helping them either start or begin um, or sometime through their pumping journey. So when, when you look back on how far you've come in your journey, what is it that you are most proud of? I would say one, how much milk I made. So I'm a very like competitive person. And so I was competing with myself each session of each day and you know just watching it pile up between the hospital freezer and at home um that was pretty awesome now when she came home she like depleted the entire supply but it's another story um and then watching my girls grow you know sienna she went from one pound 13 ounces to um a little over two pounds and then avery she went from one pound 14 ounces to now a 14 pound butterball and you know she's just the happiest, chubbiest little thing. And it's the cutest thing to know that like, I grew her those first six months of her life. And I just feel so accomplished. Um, There was a little bit of guilt with weaning, but then to think of it from that perspective, that definitely helped me to just be okay with, you know, I did everything I could to make sure that she got what she needed. And so um, I'm very proud of that. I felt So one thing that I struggled with a little bit in the beginning was that everyone was telling me that exclusive pumping couldn't be done. Basically, my pediatrician told me that, like 
different lactation professionals told me that. And again, this was this was a while ago, like it was it was eight years ago. So, um, you know, it was when exclusive pumping wasn't nearly as popular as it is now. Um, but a lot of people told me it couldn't be done. And I'm very much a rule follower. Like I listen to authority when they tell me to do something. And so I was like, oh, but but I just kind of listened to my gut and went ahead and was like, I think I can do this. Um, I'm going to I'm going to do my best and see how it goes. And I and I did and I did it. Um, and so I was pretty proud of myself for sticking to it and not just being like, OK, it's not possible. I'm not going to do it. I would say for me before, because my exclusive pumping journey was what led me to become an IBCLC. Um, so I wasn't an IBCLC when I had our first kiddo. I was a registered nurse. I had medical background history, but I was one of my first friends that got married and had kids. Um, and so I think I naively didn't know better and thought like you could, it was either exclusive pumping or breastfeeding. And that was just kind of the two options that you went with. So when we struggled, that transition into exclusive pumping was really hard. But then I think naively, it was just kind of like, okay, this is just kind of what we do. Um, if breastfeeding doesn't work, I guess every mom just exclusively pumps. And so I think in that time, I was really, I mean, my husband and I were, we had only known each other a very short period of time, got married, moved across the country. And I was just really proud of us for kind of surviving with no resources around us as a young newlywed couple and new parents with no family, not many friends, a thousand miles away from home, just kind of like surviving and transitioning and um, just kind of going with the flow with wherever motherhood and parenthood was taking us at that time. Well, we're coming to the end of our time together and I have so enjoyed all of our conversation and I'm inspired by all of you. When Before we close our podcast, we like to ask all our guests to leave this community with a little bit of an uplift. And so I would love for each of you, just what would you like to say to other mothers who are either about to begin or in the midst of their exclusive pumping journey? One of my favorite things to tell people, and I say, like, I apply this to a lot of things, is hydrate and mind your business. So drink your water, because that's something I definitely struggled with when it came to pumping, was remember to drink water, and then mind your business, meaning mind your supply. Like, you might see all these crazy large supplies on the internet, and yours might not look like that. And that's okay. You're doing the best you can, and if you know you're putting in an honest effort, mind your business, mind your baby, and just do what you can. I love that. I think that's great too. Um, I like, I say a lot, you're doing a great job. Like if you're exclusively pumping, I know that you're a good mom. Um, you care a lot about your baby. You're making huge sacrifices for your baby. Just like Jasmine said, it doesn't matter if you don't have a huge supply, like you are doing your best and you're doing great. So just keep doing what you're doing. I love both of those. I love both of those. Um, kind of plays into kind of I guess three things that I usually tell moms is your journey is your journey, not anybody else's. Um, and then you're a great mom, no matter how feeding your baby looks. Um, so your journey is your journey. You are a great mom, no matter what. And then we've all heard this one, but it's one of my favorites is don't give up on a hard day. Um, Cause hard days happen a lot in motherhood, no matter if you have newborns or elementary school kids or teenagers, momming is really hard and so don't give up on a hard day because hard days they come and they go um but they go as quickly as they come so don't give up on a hard day amazing so much wisdom there 
I think I feel inspired to just say also that we see you. I think that our, you know, that's important too, that everybody sees the hard work that you're doing and appreciates it. And certainly I feel after our conversation, I feel more inspired than ever with our work at Pump Spotting to keep connecting all the exclusive pumpers of the world and cheering them on and celebrating them and doing good things. And so before we sign off, I would love for each of you to tell our listeners this community where they can follow you or find you because you're all doing such great work that everybody should tune into. So you can find me, Sarah Lang, at Milk Sprouts on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place to connect with me. Or you can send me an email at sarah at milksprout.com. So M-I-L-K-S-P-R-O-U-T. I'm Jasmine, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Money and Momming. And then I also have my blog on moneyandmomming.com where we cover personal finance and all things parenthood. Um, and I, I'm at exclusive underscore pumping on Instagram and exclusivepumping.com. Thank you so much. You are all doing a beautiful job, both with your families and with those that you inspire and encourage. So thank you for coming by the pump spot today. This has been the Pump Spotting Podcast. We'll be continuing the conversation and hanging out over on our app. We hope you'll come by to share your story and thoughts. And if you haven't already downloaded Pump Spotting, it's quick and easy to set up your profile and join the community. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our wonderful production team at Pitchwire, who partner with us to bring you these stories. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are capable, you are radiant, and you are not alone.